¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that vato gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias are my favorite. Today, I'm going to talk about middles and littles. Now, this is more of a kink episode because I'm trying to fall back to my roots and I've realized that I haven't gone in depth with some of the kink stuff. So within the kink community and within doms and subs, there's a subset of that kink usually referred to as DDLG, which is daddy, dom, little girl. It can take a variety of forms. It doesn't have to be specifically daddies. It could be mommies or it could be caregiver. So depending on the little's preference, perhaps the little or middle like to have a caregiver because they had a bad or traumatic experience with their father or mother, and they won't want to use that word because it'll trigger an old trauma or an old wound. But for the point of this, I'm going to use daddy and littles. There could be a misconception that daddies and littles have some type of pet oak or incest kink or some kind of negative connotation. And I can see that from the mainstream thinking that. The distinction is most of us would probably jump in and assume, oh my God, a pedo or a hebe, they need to go to jail. They shouldn't exist. But that same train of thought, that same mentality was thought of gays. And not to diminish gays or to elevate pedophilia to have acceptance, but there is studies that show that it is something that didn't develop in the mind growing up. But it doesn't mean that all pedos are sexual predators. It just means they have that preference and they keep it to themselves because even vocalizing that to a therapist usually will have the police involved. It's presumed that the person that's admitting it is um, planning or wanting to do something and they have no outlet to be able to talk about these things. For more information on this, I'll have a link in the show notes uh, referring to Dr. James Cantor. His studies show that more often than not, sexual predators of minors are usually crimes of opportunity where the stepfather or the boyfriend is dating a mother. The mother is off at work. The stepfather, the boyfriend, the adult male happens to be around a younger female, underage female, the girlfriend's daughter. And it's crime of opportunity more than a desire that he wants or likes underage girls. Pedophiles and sexual molesters or sexual predators can be in two distinct categories. Getting back to the focus of this, there can be a lot of fulfillment in kink, especially non-sexual fulfillment, uh, overcoming a trauma. For example, my baby girl, she grew up fast as, as most kids grow up these days. And I did enjoy having tea parties with her and having my nails painted and hanging out and doing things for her and essentially being like her Superman. And it was a small window that she saw me as that, or she idolized me. And that would be, let's say from like second to about fifth or sixth grade, where I would show up and help out for parties and whatnot. She was always proud of me because I would do stuff like carry two coolers over my shoulders full of ice and sodas to go out to whatever the field day or whatever was going on with school that I was attending or chaperoning or helping out with. You know, it was a great feeling being seen as a Superman, being seen as, you know, the greatest thing on earth. Of course, she grew up fast. <sighs> Any case... That's a feeling that I can't get. I can't go randomly to a playground and ask a child to see me as a Superman. That would be creepy, weird, and just inappropriate. Whereas I could fulfill that in a kink environment or a kink role with a little, with a sub. There could be the added element of sex. But for this episode, I want to focus more on the littles themselves and why they enjoy this type of space or subspace. And as a note, if I haven't mentioned it before, maybe if I mentioned it in a previous episode, subspace is the headspace that the sub is in, the mental place that they go to, to relax and enjoy the being in it, being a sub. Now, 
middles usually refer to age play or age players that identify in a slightly older bracket than littles. Littles usually are somewhere between like five and 10 years old or five to prepubescent. And middles are more preteen to teen ages. So between 11 and 17, they sometimes find themselves switching, quote unquote, from time to time. And it's not so much, or at least as the way I see it from uh, the Dom's perspective, that they don't switch because that they decide they don't want to be playing with little kid things like one minute, the little or sub would want to have a tea party. And the next thing she might want to color in a coloring book on her bed, legs kicked up and listening to some type of teen artist or artist from when she was a teen and that she remembers following like some type of boy band. Now middles typically enjoy teenage activities, which would be like collecting posters, watching teen dramas, anime, trying on makeup, hairstyles, temporary tattoos, teen aesthetics, anything that would remind them being a teenager back when they were younger. However, these specific activities don't just define middles. Not all middles are going to watch anime. And that also doesn't mean that anime fans are middles. The key component of littles and middles in their subspace is that they're free from any worry of adult worries, adult things that they have to be preoccupied. They can be present and comfortable and in the now and in the moment, and they can behave in a brattier manner. Having the world lifted off their shoulders where they don't have to worry about bills and jobs and emails and responding to things, that they can be in a place where they're being cared for or looked after. And not even that the dom has to be supervising them or watching them or from being in another room, just that they know that they can be in a room or in a place adjacent to or in a separate room from the dom, but knowing that the dom is going to prevent any of those outside adult worries come in and affect them, but then also catering to them and being a caregiver, making them a meal, cooking for them, joining them for tea parties or joining them on any activity that would be a normal interaction to be with their sub. Now, sometimes the middle or little behaving in whatever age group that they want to be in can enjoy sexual acts. Now, to be clear, the caregiver and little dynamic, it's a role where the adults play with the full awareness and consent of what they're doing. There is no actual underage people interacting in these situations. Neither is sexualizing them. We're not sexualizing youth or we're not sexualizing minors. The company or the playfulness or having fun with the idea of quote unquote age play. And middles, as well as littles, can be adults of any race, any age, gender, profession, orientation. Nothing defines a little other than how you act. They choose that for themselves. Whatever Lola wants. Exactly. You didn't think I'd know that. Um, turn of thought. Okay, yeah. So Lola is my special guest today. And we're talking about a specific kink, as mentioned before, about middles and littles. And littles are more common in the sense that most kink sites, most relationships are referred to as like DDLG, Daddy Dom and Little Girl. Though to be more inclusive, sometimes it's been changed to CGLG, Caregiver, Little Girl, because there are also mommy and littles. So there's that whole thing. But you identify as a middle. So would you mind explaining what you like about it? What headspace do you get into and all the things that you enjoy about being a middle? Sure. I, gosh, for me, I mean, one of the big things is that it's, 
it's kind of straddles the two between being like little and then being like grown up adult. You're so you still have some of those like playful aspects and can get into doing some things that might be more identified with little, but then also um, there's a whole lot of sexy with it, you know, and I don't know, just a lot of playing, like having fun, like dress up. It's kind of like you get the best of both worlds for me. The way that I live out being a middle and identifying that way is having the best of both worlds. So I don't, I'm not like a little space person or anything like that, but you know, there's times when I just want to, you know, color or I like to play games or, you know, I go to build a bar and make myself a bear, but boy, I like to sex it up like no other. So <laughs> like that whole, like Lolita, the, that whole thing of like the, that sort of age group of being like, it's kind of like that 13, 14 age group that are still still girls but want to be seen very sexy and then we'll um we'll dress or behave that way that's a lot of fun for me do you enjoy being in middle space alone or do you like doing that with a partner if with a partner anything interaction or just him being around and watching you presumably i'm, I'm thinking you your uh caregiver is a daddy and not a mommy that's correct okay um it's both it depends the thing is, like, I, it has to be the right person to be there around them because not everybody digs on that. They have to be comfortable with it. And it's really fun when they get into it because there are some daddies that you can partner with that, like, encourage that kind of behavior. That's the most fun because then they, because then they, you know, that they enjoy it too. And however their enjoyment is, I don't know if they enjoy it because you enjoy it and they just like to see you happy or if that's a part of their kink that they really are getting into. Either way, it's cool with me. It's just, it's more fun when they're into it because I don't really get their, like I've had doms in the past, even those that have said they're like daddy doms, that that's not, they don't really, they don't care. Like, it's not that they would be bugged by it, but they're not really into it either. And if they're not, then I'm not going to mess around with any of that. I'll just have my fun by myself or talk to my friends. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely one of those comfort level and trust level things. Because, you know, of course, you have to have that basic trust, consent, and safety in kink to begin with. Some kinks require more trust in that, one, you won't be judged for being into that kink because you know there's some things that some people are like ew you're into that i i've i've seen and i've heard that reaction from several people throughout my life um or at least in my experience in in the kink community so i can get that you know you still have to reserve yourself from oversharing because you you got to worry about what people will think of you and then also i think you have to worry about what people will assume of you because of that i i don't know what people would assume of females but i know as a male often assume that as a daddy that I have some type of either incest kink or pedo kink or hippie kink, mm -hmm. which is, which would be more accurate because for middles, so pedophiles are usually the ones that are attracted to prepubescent children and hippophiles are the ones that are attracted to pubescent children. 
And in my experience, some of it is that, you know, I had a daughter and I raised her. And of course, you know, there's a small time frame where your daddy's a little girl and she has you wrapped around her finger. And to her, you are Superman. You are the greatest man on earth. And, you know, nothing can change that until they get older and until they, you know, either see you as flawed because of uh, your behavior or they just grow out of it, you know, one or the other, either case. So, you know, I enjoyed playing tea time, tea parties, playing dolls, dress up, getting my fingernails painted, that kind of stuff to, you know, show her that I cared about her and was affectionate. It wasn't anything sexual about it, just, you know, making my daughter happy. Earlier in my life, before I had a daughter, there were times where I was kind of stuck in, not in a relationship, but in sexual interactions with underage females when I was between 18 to 21, where I would meet these girls in dance clubs or they would meet me online and they would lie about their age. They would say, oh yeah, no, I'm 18, I'm 19. Or they would say things to the effect that, oh yeah, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my late days in school, which as an adult, okay, she's in college and she's taking more classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So there's that assumption on my own end that, okay, she's older, she's in college. And then you find, I found out later that they're underage. And at the time, you know, I was scared because, you know, shit, I can go to prison, I can get statutory rape charges and all these other things. So finding out was this um, turn off, fear, and shit, now what do I do? If I break it off, then they'll probably get mad and upset and then uh, tell their parents. And then now I got to go, then I'm going to be in prison. And if I keep going, then we get caught. So I got to figure out a way to taper this relationship down to, for my own safety. That was my thought. And then I just didn't enjoy the sex with them anymore. As I got older, I was like, damn, I missed out on being able to have sex with an underage girl. And it isn't something that I would pursue. It isn't something that I want to have. It's just more of a fantasy. It's like, damn, I could have at least enjoyed it a couple of times because I was close to the age. And at least in Texas, uh, the law is if you're within three years of age. So if she's 17 and I'm 20, that's legal. Um, If she's 16 and I'm 19, that's legal in in Texas. Um, And some of those, that was the case in some of the instances, but there were times where it was a 13 or 14 year old girl when I was 19, when they were lying about their age or sneaking into a dance club. Now as an adult, I was like, damn, you know, it, it's like, I missed out on having that perviness or that dirtiness of not only is it just sex, but it's sex with an underage girl. And, you know, for, for lack of a better term, just enjoying it or, or being in the moment with it. So now I enjoy little play and age play because it's kind of pretending to do that, getting that being able to live out that fantasy that I couldn't enjoy at the time when I had it or took for granted or however you want to phrase it or look at it. So to be clear, I don't have any interest in females under 18. Most females under 25 to me are just vapid and stupid. So I generally avoid them. Yeah. I look at them because they're attractive as far as having sex or being anything with them is just not an appeal to me, but with a good partner that I can trust that I know they're not going to judge me or have this thought, oh no, I can't bring her around my kids or bring him around my kids because he wants to do X, Y, or Z or whatever, that they can have that trust that it's just going to be this enclosed dynamic or, or play scene. I can totally understand that. I mean, it definitely is something that you have to have the right partner so they can understand that it is just within, there are boundaries on all of this and they are safe boundaries. They're consensual boundaries. They don't have anything to do with underage people in reality or wanting to be an underage person or from the female side, if you are 
like identifying as little or middle or whatever, then a lot of people assume that you have big unresolved daddy issues and, you know, you're trying to fill voids or like there's, this is like some kind of psychological regression as a form of treating your own trauma. And that could be true because anything is possible, but I wouldn't, in my experience, at least from the people I know, that's not the case, that that's what this is about. Now, they may have had struggles with their, you know, parent relations in the past. It's possible, but it's not, for the most part, women are not, um, you know, involving in this kink, getting involved in this kink as just a way to live out those um, issues or resolve them, or I don't even know. It has nothing to do with that, is my point. For the most part, there's always exceptions. That's something that, you know, I struggled with this um, topic or this episode because I'd wanted to bring this to the forefront, or at least Littles, um, to make it more, you know, hey, or kind of go back to my roots where this podcast should be about kink and a lot of it has been lately personal issues and recounting my own stories where I wanted to, you know, do something that would be somewhat educational. And so I struggle with it because the assumption, the presumption that most people are going to have is like, oh, ew, this, that, or the other. And then also, even within our own community, like you said, people will assume things, especially about males and females. Males are, they would say, you know, yeah, you're a pedo and you're just trying to hide it. And with females, I, like you said, that they might have some unresolved issues or maybe they, and in both cases, it could be that they both actually have some type of incest uh, fantasy. And that can be a part of little play or middle play, though it's, that would be a different subset or just, mm-hmm. it would just be an incest play, not so much a middle or little. It could just be an incest idea of doing something with the niece that you thought was hot, you know, growing up 10, 20 years ago or whatever, or the female thinking that an uncle or cousin or whoever, grandparent or granduncle, whatever the situation is, there can be that basis for it, but it's not always the case. And that's one of those things that, you know, I feel we need more of an education on sharing, Hey, you know, yes, that can be an an aspect of it, but that's a small percentage where kink in my eyes, in my perspective, kink is like a layman's therapy, normalizing our traumas and finding a way to deal with them with sex. And it doesn't always have to be sexual penetration, just be sexually charged situations. And I think in some ways too, it's a way of being who you really are. You know, there's so much trust involved and then you can really let out all those aspects of yourself. For me, I've always been into things that are for younger people like cartoons and playing and like, like, you know, like playing with Barbies or with Legos and all that stuff. Or like one of my things too, that is just naturally part of my personality is I get super excited about stuff like little shit that maybe a lot of people don't and in in the real world I feel like I have to temper that and I can't like be my I want to jump up and down and clap my hands self when somebody brings donuts to the office but you know when I'm in a safe space then I can get excited about whatever the hell I want to get excited about and nobody judges me and thinks that I'm behaving like a child and it's not good you know I can like get excited about things or freaked out about things in like big exuberant ways and and they think it's adorable I like that 
I agree that it's unfortunate that we can't really be ourselves all the time and we have to segment it into our kinks into a quote unquote safe space that, you know, it feels in a sense that we're repressing our true selves. And in a sense, I I guess I could say that I'm jealous of, you know, gays and the the alphabet mafia that are open because, you know, they're, it's it's not even a kink and I don't want to minimize what the alphabet mafia goes through or lives in their life, but they get to be their true selves all the time if they come out in the open. Um, And of course it's more uh, commonplace now for people to come out. You know, sometimes they don't come out until they're an adult, but at the very least they get to spend most of their life being who they are, enjoying what they want in their partner, in themselves. And in the kink community, we have to be reserved and seek it out without other people knowing without, um, you know, we raise a flag, quote unquote, and just kind of see who recognizes it. And then you can enjoy that. And then sometimes you might find someone that, like you've said before, you know, someone will say that they're, they're one thing and they're not really, they just say that because they want to cast a wider net or maybe they just want to try it. And they just say they are because they don't want to go through the experience of having to learn how to do it. Like you said, with, with the not fake daddy doms, but daddy doms that aren't really daddy doms that mesh with you. And for me, it's usually that being seen as a Superman, being seen as the greatest guy on earth and being adored in that sense, because males don't often don't get that, you know, even in our relationships, sure, your girlfriend will praise you. Oh, you know, you put up that shell for you, changed my tire. Oh, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. You don't always get that. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, thanks for that. And that's it. You're like, no praise. Like, hey, you know, I carry this on my shoulder five blocks and that's it, you know? And, but it's, it's just something, it's, um, a male burden and it's not like, you know, it's the worst thing in the world. It's just something that, okay, fine. We're, you know, sometimes appreciated for what we do, but not always. And when we are, we're not appreciated in the way that we would like. And of course, yeah, we should vocalize that and share that with our partner. Hey, you're not appreciated if you were more of a cheerleader, but then that conversation can devolve into like, you know, well, why should I do that for you? And, you know, the whole other thing that just, it's easier to not have that conversation. So I get excited whenever I see a little, even if it's not directed at me that they get excited it just reminds me of the exuberance my daughter had when she ever, she got excited about something and it just kind of takes me back, even though it's not, it's not because of me that she's having that enjoyment that I get to see it. And it's, you know, Oh shit, you know, I missed that. It makes sense. And that's probably part of it too on the female side. I mean, at least on my side too, is like that sort of doting you get when you are involved with a daddy dom, like a right. You adore from your side, from my side, I adore him, but then he adores me too. It looks different. There's more checking in and more like encouragement and asking you about things and that I've had with either a vanilla relationship or just like a regular dom, like not a daddy dom type. Like for me, I like that kind of attention. Yeah, I like the being checked in on and I like encouragement and some added accountability that you can sometimes get in those relationships with the right person. But I mean, even I already said this, but even more than that, it's just like the ability to be myself and not worry that anybody is going to be judging me or thinking like I'm a child, you know, like I'm not a child. (laughs) I don't want to be, you know, it's not the same. Like I just want to, feel free to get excited about things that I want to be excited about and not feel like somebody is going to be judging me because 
I have to go watch the latest Disney movie the day that it comes out. Or when I sing every word to Beauty and the Beast when I watch that movie. I can't help it. I just... I, like it. I get that. I enjoy Disney movies as well. And, and it's harder for me as a male because I can't go to, to, I mean, I enjoy watching them. I don't think it's, um, maybe it could be, I enjoy being a middle or little, I, I hadn't really delved into it. And, and with like Disney movies, I, especially like the Lego Batman, like I, Hey, that's like a cool movie or the, even the Lego movie. I wanted to go see it when it came out. And I normally have to find myself where I have to like take a day off from work and go see it in the middle of the day, like on a Wednesday or Tuesday, the, the week after. So I can't go opening day by myself unless I have a girlfriend or, you know, a friend that would, Hey, let me, you know, your kids want to go see this movie. You don't let me take them for you. You know, and I got plenty of friends, or at least back in Texas, I had plenty of friends that I was a lot of my kids, friends, favorite uncle, even though I don't like kids, I would use them so I can go see a movie without being judged that, Oh, look at this perv. He's here, you know, to check out our kids, not to watch this movie. So that's something that I, have been conscious of there's there was what movie was it um was it mulan i think it was mulan where i went to go see it opening weekend didn't think anything of it i was in my late 20s i think early 20s i forgot when it was but whenever it came out went by myself sat down and i had an empty chair to my right and then you know i was butted up against a bunch of kids to my left at some point i had the like an usher or somebody come in and say uh sir can you step outside and i was like okay what what the fuck and so essentially it was because I made someone uncomfortable because I was there by myself to watch this movie. And they presumed that I was there to, to whatever. And I was like, I'm here to watch this fucking movie. I like kids movies. What's the big deal? And it essentially I got kicked out and I was like pissed about that. So then from then on, I made it a point to go watch movies in the middle of the week, first or second showing. So there's kids in school, nobody's going to be there. Or if there is, it's usually like one or two other couples and Usually they're sneaking in there because they want to do something in, in public without being seen. So that's a frustration or an issue that I, I deal with as a male and it pisses me off. Yeah, that would piss me off too. That's super not fair. And somebody's projecting their own issues on, on you or on any man that that happens to. Someone made a, a TikTok or something that doms are the biggest brats. <laughs> and I kind of agree with that, that doms are brats, that they want things and they want things the way they want it. But doms are brats with patience. Mm. I think that's the distinction. I can wait out years to do something. Like I've held out for a couple of years to hook up with the female. I've held out 11 years to exact a vengeance on someone that was terrible. So I have an infinite amount of patience. And, you know, oh, you don't want to do that? Fine. You're going to do it eventually. And, you know, that's that's my not mentality, but that's something that I can identify or associate with. So in a sense... You know, brat brattiness is associated with subs, and I think doms can have elements of subs, but just the way they carry themselves or the way they interact or their dynamic can vary or change. But still, like I would still always identify as a dom. I don't think I could ever enjoy being a sub or in a subspace, but I can enjoy aspects of littles, middles, and brattiness in my own life as I am. Like being a little, wanting to watch kid movies. Okay, yeah, but it doesn't mean I want a dom to watch me color in a book or take me to go buy a Build-A-Bear or whatever. You know, if I want to do that, I'll do it on my own. It's not something that I feel a need to share with a dom. Yeah, I think that makes sense. But I think those are things too that make make you or make any man who feels that way like a good daddy dom because you can get into that stuff too. And it's not just like, you're like, oh, you're such a cute little with your little stuff. 
you know, like you can enjoy it too. That makes it way more fun. Oh yeah. Like I'll be there at Build-A-Bear like, oh, hey, do you like this outfit or that one? Like that one would be better with these buttons or maybe we can get this bow. Can we change them out? Do I have to buy both outfits and change them up? Can we mix and match? You know? Yeah. And that makes it more fun for everybody when it's like that. And yeah, doms can be like the worst teases and that's pretty bratty. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's so true, right? I like being a tease. That's part of being like a middle too. I'm not that little can't do that or that anybody can't, but definitely I love, I love being a tease. I'm not very good at being a brat. I always want to be a brat, but I, I like to do what I'm told. So it's hard for me to not to, unless I'm like in a mood or it's the right person. And some of that you like have to read the energy or know your, you know, your dog, your daddy dog too, like, it's only fun to be bratty if they will take it as playful. But if they're going to get all pissy about it, and some of them do, that just sucks all the fun out of it. <laughs> For me, at least. There, yeah, there's levels to it because there's some brats, you know, I, that I've played with. And, you know, them being a brat, it's usually they, want, they either want a reaction from me, you know, or they want to get spanking or correction. You know, sometimes as a dom, you got to figure out, okay, do they deserve the correction or are they just doing this to get the correction or are they doing this just to get a rise out of me? And it's, you know, sometimes it's a lot of subtleties that you got to read into. Other times it's, you misread it and you give them a correction and all they wanted was you to, you know, like yell at, not yell at them, but get after them. It was like, you tell them, Hey, don't do that. Or get on your knees and service me instead of the correction or, or whatever, you know, the, the various types of punishment that in most cases aren't punishment, they're enjoyment for both on the outside looking in, it would be or could be seen as a punishment. Yeah, or a punishment. <laughs> My experience has been like, if, with as far as that stuff goes, if you want, like for me, if I want them to spank me and I try to be ready to get it, then they just don't. Because then they don't want to like give me what I want. It just never works. It's just easier to just be like, did you bring your belt or do you want to use my paddle or what? <laughs> oh, you're one of those fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I like to giggle and laugh a lot. And oh my gosh, that's another thing. I don't know if this is like a little or middle thing or not, or just like a me thing or an any person thing, but like I like stamp my feet a lot. Like when I'm having sex and I'm having fun, like I stamp my feet a lot and I giggle and I like, I don't know, I move a lot and, and I giggle a lot. And I think uh, with some people with not the right, I always feel like I have to warn somebody because I don't want them to think that I'm laughing at them or anything or that anything is wrong. That's just part of my exuberance, I guess. I don't know how I express myself when I'm having fun and happy. I think that's that's something you would have to share with the partner because the first time I, I dealt with that, uh, was it mm, five-ish years ago, six years, six years ago? I forget the time frame. It was, um, it was at a convention. And this one female, like she told me, okay, look, you know, we, we can play this, that, and the other. Like it, um, there was a Fed event at the convention that I didn't realize was there. Uh, a friend of mine that I know, uh, he's, um, he's a gay male. And he was like, oh man, I can't make it to this convention this year. They're having um, a FET meetup, a meet and greet, a munch. I was like, for real, they have them here. And I just never thought to check. Anyways, so I met this female and she told me, look, when I climax, I giggle. She's like, oh, okay, that's new. <laughs> and so we, we had sex and she liked, uh, she liked a lot of um, breast play, like uh, pinching, scrabbing, scraping, you know, um, slapping, all, anything pain, but specifically to her breasts. 
So I made the mistake of slapping her in her face because I played with someone else earlier and they enjoy pain all the time. Like they, any type of pain, they love it. And so I accidentally slapped this one in the face and it took her out of it. And I realized what I did. She didn't, she didn't use her safe word because it was just like a one thing. I read her face. I'm like, okay, I stopped that. And I just went back to playing with her breasts. And then a few minutes later, she started giggling. And I know she told me in my head, but it just didn't coincide with me. Like, how can someone giggle when they're climaxing? So I'm still, you know, keeping the same pace that she liked, that she wanted. As she was giggling, I didn't lose my erection. I just went softer. Like it was almost like pushing rope at, at a point. I was just like, cause I was too in my head realizing that she's giggling. And I'm like, it doesn't seem right that someone giggles when you're having sex. And it, it, it took, you know, I would see her for years or I've, I've seen her at sub, subsequent years at the same convention. So now I'm more used to it, but I, I can totally understand where a partner would hear the giggling and like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What is going on? What, what is, is this okay? Is, are you having some type of allergic reaction? <laughs> are you, you know, is this your way of saying no, but you don't know how to get it out? Or what my association was nervous laughter, you know, how females do a nervous laugh whenever they're in something that's an uncomfortable <laughs> situation that they don't know if they can say no or not to. So they just, ah, you know, that kind of thing. So that was my initial reaction. And I'm like, okay, good thing that I was warned ahead of time. So in the future, if I have a partner that giggles, then I know, okay, that's something that can happen. It's just something that I hadn't experienced before in 30-ish years. Yeah, I don't know any other friends who do that that have told me that they are gigglers as well. So yeah, I definitely, I come with my own warning label and I'm happy to share it because I don't want to ruin anybody's time. And I don't want to, that's the thing, I cannot curb that. Like, I can curb some behaviors. I can't stop myself from giving Yeah, if that's how you climax, you shouldn't adjust it because, you know, you're, it might make someone uncomfortable just as long as you give them the warning. How popular are you on FET? How do you, like, how many friends do I have? How do you rank popularity? I would say if you have more than a thousand friends and if you post something, you get more than a hundred likes. Yeah, I'm not that popular. I was going to ask if you could put a poll on FetLife and ask how many of you giggle when you climax and is it natural for you to giggle? Because I now only have like 10 friends and they're usually like partners I've been with or would be with or open to or whatever or have met at a munch. So it's not that many that I make friends with on, on FetLife. So even if I posted that, not that many people would see it. I might get a like, oh, that's a good poll, but I, I don't think I'd get an answer to it. So I need to find someone that's popular and ask, have them ask that, see what the results would be. Because I'm curious- how many yeah. people, I don't think it's just specific to females, but I wonder maybe males as well. How many people giggle or make some other sound during climax that isn't guttural or um, animalistic? I think that's more common. Yeah. I mean, I have other places I can ask it though, other than that. Like I have, I'm in a kick group and then also a couple of discord groups with lots of kinky people. Actually, yeah, the discord would probably be good because yeah, if you can do a poll there. So I could ask in one of those. I started, I had a, I had a FET profile for a long time and I don't even know how many people followed me on there. I think maybe 300 or something, but I closed that one down and I started a new one like a couple of years ago. And I don't know how many people followed me on that one. Maybe 50 now. I don't know. Cause I don't really care or pay attention. Yeah. FET isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Well, when did you get on it? No, I haven't been on there that long. I think I first got on six years ago 
six or seven years ago. Mm. Yeah, that's that's kind of when it started going downhill. I think I got on in 2006, 2007, like a year or two after it opened up, I think. Mm-hmm. It could have been later, but I know it was 2005, 2006. And there it was just more, a lot more about education. Like, you know, hey, you know, uh, come to this meetup. We're going to have a rope master come down and do a shabarbi class or learn how to paddle, learn how to do this, learn how to do that. We're having a munch. So it was more about teaching, sharing, and learning. And of course, you know, showing videos and pictures of, of kinky stuff that people do. So it was kind of low-key porn hub, but more with articles and education. And then 2015, it started getting very clickish. Or 2010, it was getting clickish. And by 2016, it was it, it just became like a kinky Facebook with the political posts and just nudity, like, you know, pictures being allowed there. So Yeah. I, I just see so much on there that's yeah, a lot of pictures of people who are probably trying to generate business for themselves in one way or another, whether it's like on OnlyFans or or something else, or for their own like porn sites, for their like amateur or semi-pro porn. I don't know if semi-pro porn is a thing, but um, it, it just seems like they're trying to get you to go somewhere else. When I do go on there, I go on because I want to see what's going on in my area, because I think it's still a good place to find out about events and things in your area where you can meet people in person. And then my new, my new fed page is all about my um, lovely luscious legs. So I like to post pictures of, they're really just pictures of my legs and maybe my booty and mostly wearing clothes, like suggestively revealing clothes, but no like naked lady pictures of me. Darn, I was hoping to see you naked. (laughs) But no, that's, that's fine. Are you in a dynamic or are you in a relationship or uh, not really either? Like, I mean, there's somebody that I occasionally I'll like connect with either virtually or in person when there's time, but right now that's it. So when you look for a partner, what, now that uh, you're single, what are say your top three traits that you would look for in a partner? Confidence is always my number one. Somebody who doesn't take themselves too seriously. So it's kind of like having a sense of humor, but a little, even a little bit more about themselves. Mm. Intelligence. And would you be satisfied in a relationship having just that, or would you want that and a kink or dom relationship with them, or would you rather have a dom relationship separate? I prefer to have it all together. I was going somewhere with this, and I just totally blanked. <laughs> so what do you consider cheating? I would consider cheating... I'm trying to think of how to word it so that I can encompass the full aspect. But basically, like anything that takes your attention or your energy away from your primary partner and is being concealed. And I word it that way because it could be physical, but it could also be emotional. If it's taking away from your primary partner and it's concealed, so they don't know. So if they flirt in front of you, that's okay? Not with the intent of like, hey, let me get this girl's number. But if they flirt with the waitress in front of you to either get an extra serving of something or whatever, but it's not a sexual intent. It's just a, a playfulness type flirting. Would that be okay? Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. I almost expect it with the type of person that I would date. <laughs> okay, good to know. Well, also because it goes both ways too, because I'm a super huge flirt and I, I can't even help myself with flirting. And it, there's nothing sexual about flirting. And it's for me, 
as a, it's its own thing. It could lead, it could be go somewhere, but I'm I'm a flirt, so. And the reason I ask is um, a while back I saw a Reddit post where the guy essentially says, "Hey, my girlfriend's considers liking Instagram hotties, thoughts, whatever you want to call them, um, models, uh, liking their posts, not commenting, but just liking their posts." His girlfriend considered that sexting was seriously considering breaking up with him because of that, because she considered it cheating. And I was just like, whoa, what the motherless fuck is, is this bullshit? My answer was more along the lines of, did you ever have this conversation with your girlfriend or did she have it with you? Like, hey, I don't like this. This is what I consider cheating because there's a lot of things that I would say is kind of gray area, like following females on Instagram, um, liking their posts. As long as you're not sliding into their DMs, like, hey, do you live in this town? Do you live near me? Can you come by and see me? As long as there's nothing along those lines, as long as it's, you know, something public that people can see that, hey, I like this post. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, that looks hot. Damn, that's a fat ass. You know, any anything along those lines that's not directly implying or with the intent of having sex with that person. Because I'm sure that that model is going to have hundreds, if not thousands of likes and comments along the lines of either emojis that they find her attractive or damn, I wish you were here. I wish my girl looked like you. Or I wish I had a girlfriend like you, whatever, you know, that I wouldn't see as cheating, but to be accused of sexting by simply liking a post that just was, whoa, what kind of relationship is that? Yeah. It sounds like an unhealthy relationship with someone who is insecure. That's a bit much to consider it cheating. I think it's, if it makes you uncomfortable, you know, if you're a woman and your boyfriend is, or husband is liking other women's pictures all the time, and it makes you uncomfortable, then that's a discussion, you know, and self-reflection too, like, why does it make you uncomfortable? Like for myself, why am I uncomfortable seeing all of these? Is it because those are women that he knows, that we know, that we might see all the time, and I'm concerned they're going to think something? Or are these like, social media influencers who have hundreds of thousands of followers and they have no idea who my dude is, you know, like, and that's bothering me. It, it requires a discussion. If it was reversed and like I was with somebody and he was like said I was cheating because I liked somebody's Instagram first, it would be, is this somebody that we know or I know, or is this a, you know, internet stranger, social media person? If it's the latter I would be like, dude, you have issues and we're probably going to just have to be done. Um, I mean, it would depend on how long we've been together because that's pretty hard for If it was somebody that we knew, then that could be a different discussion maybe, you know, because that sometimes that can go into a gray area where, I don't know, depends on the person. That's a bit, that's not cheating though. Either way though, I would never, ever, ever, ever think that that's cheating. Maybe it crosses a line depending on who you are, but that's a pretty big stretch. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, maybe it is crossing a line depending on the couple. Mm-hmm. And that should be more of a discussion. It's like, hey, I saw you did this. I'm not okay with it. I don't feel comfortable, you know, and then have them express why. Hey, I don't want you to do that again. Okay. So then it would be on the other person to whether or not they want to follow it or make a compromise. Okay, look, I'll like it, but I won't comment. You know, she might want him to unfollow. You know, the compromise would be, okay, I don't unfollow, but I don't like or comment, you know, and there's always got to be a compromise to make relationships work because on one hand, it'd be kind of extreme to end a relationship just for something that bothers you. 
And the biggest thing that, that annoys me with relationships, not relationships, but with seeing stuff on social media, particularly Reddit, is females will post, hey, I'm with my boyfriend of this age, I'm that age, and we've been together for this many months, this many years, and he did this, should I break up with him? That could be something, yeah, worth breaking up for. Maybe it isn't, you know, depending on the severity of whatever the, the comment is. But my first thing is, have you had this discussion with them? Have you used your words and told your significant other how you feel about this? Because breaking up with them because something is over the line or something you think is over the line that I don't see is over the line. Some of these other comments don't see as over the line and others, usually females will agree with her. Oh yeah, you know, leave him. Oh, well, I guess six years was a good run, you know, and, and different things that most people seem to just go for, you know, fuck it, get rid of them and you can find someone else. But finding someone else takes work. Finding someone else is a job in and of itself. 100% true. Yeah. You know, I suppose that everybody has their deal breakers, but you don't have to go on Reddit to get your deal breaker confirmed. So if your your significant other does whatever that is for you, then you know that they've done it. And if that really is the thing, then you break up with them. You don't need random internet strangers to tell you whether or not whatever somebody did is something that you should break up over. I mean, without a discussion or like you said, you've invested some time and it's not a, how much time you have with someone is never a reason to stay. But the longer you've been with someone, the more reason to talk about it before you make any life-changing decisions. Um, We're, Coming to close for this episode, so I'm going to ask you a little question. I have these little cards that I do at the end of every episode with new guests. So I have A and B. All right, B. A, B. So B, right? This side? Yeah. Okay. Uh All right. A or B? A. A? Yes. What are your turn-ons? And let's, well, I'll make it a generalization. What would turn you on? seeing a stranger, like you, you meet a stranger in public, oh shit, you know, whatever about them turns you on. And then also with a partner, what are turn-ons that they can do? Intellectual conversation always turns me on. Vocabulary. Like, <laughs> that doesn't really mean big words or anything, but like, I, I definitely, if I can tell, like if you read books or anything and uh, if it seems that way, or even if you're thinking it, whatever, dude, like, yeah, that'll, that'll definitely get me going. That's impressive to me and like can make my heart go pitter patter a little bit. Give me curious intellect and confidence with a stranger. I mean, and a partner too, but I would already know that with the partner, with a partner, I guess the turn-ons might become a little bit more physical. Although, you know, what is like a turn on with a partner is like when they know something about me and they show me that they know it. Like if they know that, um, I really love iced tea and they show up with an iced tea and I'm like, Oh, Hey, like that's so awesome. Like that can get me going. And then like, if they follow it up with like a, you know, like a neck kiss or a little nibble, I like, I like those little nibbles a lot. That's a pretty big turn on. Oh my gosh. And then my feet, massaging my feet and sucking my toes. That is like the best, but I only let some people do that. 
I think you're the first female I've heard that enjoys having their feet sucked. Usually that's something, a trait that I've heard from other males that they love having their feet sucked or they have a fetish that they want to be touched with feet. You're the first that first female having their feet sucked and first female to bend. Oh, sorry. But the foot massage, I have heard a few times before, but I don't think they rank it as high as you sound like you do with your exuberance that you just showed. But um, <laughs> most of the females, oh yeah, you know, that, that'll get me in the mood or that will relax me. And then if they do this, so it's like start with the foot rub and then nibble my neck and then nibbling my neck is the, the one that'll just set me over the edge and I'll do anything he wants. Pedicures are hard. When I get a pedicure, they're massaging my feet. <laughs> wow. I, hmm. I have to remind myself of it. And you're sitting in a massage chair. Like, oh, Lord have mercy. And maybe you should have a dom. I'm guessing. So my picture is the dom and you're a thruple where the female is a nail person, pedicure, whatever cosmetology, esthetician, whatever that falls under. Uh-huh. And then you'd, you'd have the perfect life, I would imagine. Yeah, that would be super amazing. 100%. I'm all in. Well, Lola, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. To my listeners, thank you for sticking around this long. I love you. You're worthy of it. And until next time, vessels.